Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on bluenile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This is the Court Today replay on C103. As we kind of predicted yesterday, uh, the farmers are were going to have another blockade today at another retail distribution centre. And I did say to John Cochran when the Munster IFA chair, who's running actually for president of the IFA, I did say to him, would there be any chance that there would be a protest at one of the Cork distribution centres? And he wasn't ruling anything in and he wasn't ruling anything out. And he certainly wasn't uh, saying that they had a protest planned. It did hear rumblings last night then that it was going to be one of the Cork distribution centres and then of course woke this morning uh, to hear that the IFA are staging a blockade outside the distribution centre of Lidl which is just outside of Charleville. It began this morning and I'm assuming it's going to be the very same as it was yesterday. A 12 hour blockade where uh, 130 lorries were prevented from leaving and entering the distribution centre of Aldi, which was in County Kildare. Now, seemingly one single lorry was uh, allowed to leave the centre. It turned out the driver would have missed a hospital appointment in Limerick if they didn't allow him out. So they did. I know the Gardaí got involved and asked the farmers would they allow two trucks out because there was perishable food items on the truck. And they kind of said, look, would you let the two of those uh, leave? And in return... Aldi said that the centre would then close down for the rest of the day. But the protesters, they're sticking to their guns. They said no, they wouldn't let the perishable goods leave the stores, uh, leave the distribution centre yesterday. I would be interested today to hear from anybody in any of the Aldi stores. How are they being affected? Is there less stock on the shelf? Because it seems, and I don't know if it's the same with all supermarkets, it certainly is with the German retailers. They get one big delivery every single day and they seem to stock their shelves then by what comes in every day. I mean, the perishable food items, they're going to be, well, they'd be gone, they'd be gone off, they'd be a day off their sell-by date having sat in a truck yesterday. So I don't know what the knock-on effect is going to be for Aldi or now for little today. And is that going to affect people then when they go to the shops, when they want to buy buy something? So are you for or against the farmers? You can't help but have sympathy for them. The IFA President Joe Healy is calling for an immediate hike in food prices. They're saying that's what's going to end this. And they are promising that if they don't get an immediate hike in food, food in beef prices then we're going to see more of these protests and it's the time of the year it's the exact time of the year that the supermarkets certainly do not want anything that is going to interrupt their supply 
from their distribution centre out into their stores, out into the housewife's basket, making money for them and the housewife and house husband. Well, we all buy extra at Christmas. It's probably the busiest. It is the busiest time for supermarkets. But the IFA are saying that Irish beef prices are 20 cent per kg. And that works out at about 80 euro per animal behind the board beer price tracker. And the 50 cent kg are 180 cent behind what's been paid to English farmers in the United Kingdom for the very same animal, which does seem very, very unfair uh, indeed. And we're hearing all kinds of stories from uh, farmers who are finding it really, beef farmers finding it really, really uh, difficult. Uh, A listener says, Patricia, on the IFA protest, this is somebody who just doesn't like the IFA, the IFA never represented the average to small farm, family farm, don't get me wrong, I'm a fully paid up member, but I'm never represented. You need only drive around the country and see all the big sheds, all the low cost loans went to big farmers. They were the ones that were targeted. They only want the small farmers to work for them. Well, look, I'm not here to defend the IFA, but what the IFA are doing with this protest and trying to get an immediate hike in beef prices, that's not just for the large farmers. That will be for all farmers and it'll whittle right the way down to the small farmers as well. And and I always find it a bit odd. I mean, if you if you feel that strongly about the IFA, that they're literally not representing you, why are you fully paid up member. I don't think I would be able to pay into an organisation that I felt wasn't in any way working for me and if anything by the tone of your text is actually working against the small farmer. I mean if you want to get your message across to the IFA then I would be saying to you contact them and say you're going to give up your membership and the reason you're giving up your membership is and and explain it to them because if enough small farmers did that they would soon get the message. They rely on members and they rely on the membership at fees but thank you. Very much appreciate your text to 086 to 103 103. So let us know are you for or against what the farmers are doing by protesting? Are you with them in the sense that yes they need to do something this is the way forward and that the beef task force we know it's underway even though and we will speak with John Coughlin again later on on the programme from the Al, from the Aldi protest in uh, Charleville. The one thing with the beef protest when they had the first meeting, the retailers weren't there, which seems absolutely crazy. They're part of, they're like links in a chain. They need everybody around the table. This is not going to get sorted out unless they have everybody around the table. Now, I don't know when the farmers do something like this protest and cause the supermarkets to lose money will that be a wake up call to say we need to do something we need to get in and get around this table I don't I still can't find out why the retailers weren't at the beef task force I thought they were very much they're very much an integral part of it but I thought they had agreed at the outset that everyone would get around the table that's what the beef task force was set up for was to get everybody around the table let everybody air their grievances and sort it out for once and for all so your thoughts if you're for the farmers or against the farmers is it the right move? 1850-333-103 with John Paul taking your calls this morning. Now, other issues that we will be addressing and talking about on the programme. In a couple of minutes, we're going to hear about an online petition to try to stop people using the parent and toddler parking spaces. You're only meant to use them if you have a toddler or a child on board. Now, it's hard to constitute what age group Do you stop parking in those parking spaces? But you'll know them. They're in all of the main supermarkets have 
the child and toddler parent, not child and toddler, parent and toddler parking spaces. They're the advantage of them. One, they're closer to the door, generally speaking. And secondly, they're a wider space. They're a little bit like the disabled parking spaces. And in many outlets, there are much more of the parent and toddler spaces than you would say see of the disabled parking spaces. But they're wider. That's one of the real advantages to these parking spaces. And I'm assuming because they are wider, that's the attraction to people. If you're driving a very expensive car or you're driving a car that you absolutely love and you don't want anybody even breathing near it, when you go to a supermarket, you probably live in fear that somebody's going to swing open a door onto your gorgeous car and ding the door. So what do you do? You park in the parent and toddler parking space because it's wider. And when somebody parks beside you, there is very little chance that somebody's going to hit off your door. Whereas you're in the main car park, there is a lot of these supermarkets have very, very narrow spaces. I can One in particular that drives me nuts is the underground car park for Duns in Mallow is the narrowest all of the parking bays they are just so narrow I mean I literally I hold my breath and why holding my breath is meant to help I don't know but I hold my breath as I'm parking because I'm always afraid I'm going to scratch not necessarily my own car while I while, you know, have enough scratches on it but it's the cars on either side I'd be afraid I would be scratching theirs but so you know where I'm coming from on this there are narrower parking spaces so people who really care for their cars like the idea of going into the parent and toddler ones but of course if everybody does that you're taking up all of the parent and toddler spaces when a parent arrives with a very young child they need one of those spaces and none of those spaces are available so there's an online petition so we're going to speak with the young mother she has two smallies as to why she set up this petition and why it is frustrating her uh, so much we'll hear about the new legislation that came in as and from Monday the 2nd of December governing gift vouchers and we're going to find out what businesses and us as consumers need to uh, know But it certainly is good news if you're buying or have bought since this week a gift voucher for a loved one for Christmas. Because over the years of doing this programme, I would every now and again hear from somebody who would be very upset and very annoyed because they discovered that their gift voucher, the expiry date was gone. They'd forgotten about it. It was thrown into a drawer. You know, one of those things you put it all, put that away for safekeeping and then you just forget about it. And then suddenly you come across it. And when you come across it, you discover the expiry date is gone. Some businesses, some businesses over the years have been fantastic for honouring out of date gift vouchers, but other businesses and they were within their rights to say, sling your hook you're not coming anywhere near us with that gift voucher the expiry date is gone and it's it's basically like throwing money away or burning money you get you, you get nothing for your voucher so there's new role, rules governing all of us who go out to buy a gift voucher so we will discuss that now there is an increase in mumps in the Cork Kerry region and I just saw on the paper uh, today and where that piece is that there is an increase in Limerick has seen a huge increase in the number of mumps outbreaks outbreak and then I saw the World Health Organisation they're worried about the outbreak of measles uh, worldwide so we do need to have a, a really really serious discussion about vaccinations and why vaccinating our kids why it is so important and we need to dispel 
and debunk a lot of the myths and the misinformation that is going around on the internet and on social media. Social media has a tendency to be a great place for sharing somewhat is absolutely utter misinformation and downright lies but of course if you get somebody reading it and oh well it's on the internet so it must be true and believing it and then someone decides not to vaccinate their child and it's just the it's the knock-on effect not just for the child but if the child picks up one of these childhood illnesses and then passes it on to somebody whose immune system is compromised your child picking up a childhood illness could cause the death of another child and who would want that on their conscience? So we're going to have a discussion around vaccinations today on the programme. And then Glow, we're going to preview Glow. It kicked off, this is the Cork celebration that's on the Grand Parade and in Bishop Lucy Park. It is just, if you've been there over the last number of years, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's just such a magical, magical place and it has that wonderful festive feeling about it. You just could not help but come away in a good mood after a trip to Glow. This is, it's on every weekend up to Christmas and this is weekend number two and we'll be previewing it and finding out all about it and finding out in particular what's going on in Bishop Lucy Park which this year has been turned into the NET which is the National Elf Training Centre. <laughs> and elves from all over the world are coming to Bishop Lucy Park to be trained as elves and it's an important job they need to help Santa on Christmas Eve. So we'll preview Glow uh, today. And it is Friday, so Mark Malone will join join us after half past uh, 12, taking a trip to the movies for us. And also for today, Friday, it is a free panto Friday. You have a chance each and every hour today to win a family pass for four people to go and see Jack and the Beanstalk at the Everyman Palace. A couple of people commenting on the... Farmers and their protest in they are outside Charleville at the little store. They were at the Aldi distribution centre yesterday. Uh, Mary said 90% of the beef in Ireland is for export. So I assume the price in Ireland is lower for meat as there is air slash sea and cooling costs associated with the transport for sale. And what's the story with the farmers and the tar barrel? You probably saw them on the news. If I can't go out into my backyard and burn rubbish, why were they allowed to do it? Five foot away from a member of Angarda Siakona. Today's protest, by the way, is a joke. As I thought Little had no issue buying the over 30 month beef. Kind regards, says uh, Mary. I did see the barrel and, and obviously a little bit of a bonfire to keep them warm uh, yesterday. And I suppose that is a point. The councillor telling us we can't burn anything in our backyards. How do the farmers get away with keeping warm or do we turn a blind eye because they're out on protest and they need to keep warm and that's the reason that they were allowed to light the fire in the tar barrel. But there's a couple of other people, thanks Mayor, a couple of other people picking up on that saying why are they targeting Lidl and Aldi? There was another uh, WhatsApp in on the same vein saying uh, from James in Mitchellstown saying, Patricia, I heard a report earlier that the only two retailers that are actually willing to talk to the IFA are Aldi and Lidl and that it's the other retailers that are refusing to do so. Why are the IFA pick, not picketing Musgraves, not picketing Tesco, not picketing Duns, etc.? It's always Aldi and Lidl that they seem to pick on. They're the only two willing to engage with the farmers and come to the table so it doesn't make any sense to me, said James in uh, Mitchellstown. And I know yesterday 
when Aldi were contacted about the protest outside their distribution depot. They said, you know, they're very proud supporters, Aldi are, of Irish beef. And Aldi say that it was fully committed to cooperating with the Beef Task Force and they actually met with the Beef Plan movement only last week. And they say they're dedicated to getting involved with the task force and playing a fulsome role. role. So a couple of people are picking up on that. Why is it Aldi and Lidl that appear to be picked on? Now, I will put that, I will ask John Coughlin that when he joins us. We'll be speaking with him after 11. I imagine he's going to come back and say that the pro, that more of these protests are going to take place because the IFA president, Joe Healy, is calling for an immediate hike in beef prices and they're saying that if they don't get this immediate hike, then we will see more of these protests. So I'm assuming they're just going to work their way around the country and go through all of the different distribution centres. I'm assuming, I'm assuming, but I'll find out. I'll ask John Cockland, but some people are just annoyed that it seems Aldi and Little are being picked up that seem to be the stores that are supporting the beef uh, in this uh, country. Uh, somebody says, uh, just to point out, the farmers were burning timber, not rubbish. And that, and that makes a difference. OK, that's in response to Mary, who was thought it was a joke that they were allowed, they were not allowed to burn in our backyard. But are you, are you allowed to burn? But you're not allowed to burn timber either, are you in your backyard? Anyway, Texas said the farmers do nothing wrong. They were burning timber, not rubbish, and they were only doing it to keep warm. 1850-333-103. John Paul taking your calls. Text WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Cork today on C103. With Cork City Council and Glow, a Cork Christmas celebration. Food markets, Ferris wheel, and a fun festive park on the Grand Parade. Visit Glow, open every weekend until Christmas. Eggfoil Amok, Quid Denanir is Farlin. Shaw Eight Thrower, C103 Air Kirkig. Hom Gwerha in Akla Moichroma. Shen Kirshi Sabigan Irish Times Air, Nogref Shak Hosulish na Florida Everglades. Achgan and Hrogel. Awen Aimid and Hilaholesh. Agas Kaller, Kishkwil Irid Ek Sulfalner Hagan Shakigan Virula. Agas Naplan Lee Rosnam. Hosulod Fele, Shehil Mather Alm. Agas is counter E in the will all of the Nodurha den Gietsko Lefeshkind. And Hidurelik will air Ur. The GAA Sports Star of the Month Awards on C103 with the Rochestown Park Hotel. Can't get too ahead of yourself in goal. So, uh, no, it's very nice when you, you know, if you get a chance to make a couple of saves and getting an award is great. But it's definitely very nice. Um, but really, it is all about the team. The latest award winner is Nemo Rangers goalkeeper Michal A. Martin. He's recognised for his part in the club's County Senior Football Championship victory. The C103 GAA Sports Star of the Month Awards. Recognising outstanding achievement in the field of Cork GAA. This the one is for you. C103. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Now, an online petition calling for fines for people who misuse parent and toddler parking spaces has been launched by a frustrated male mum of two young children. Sophie Flynn joins me to explain more. Good morning to you, Sophie. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, you are welcome to the programme. Now, firstly, how, lo- how young are your children and why are these parent-toddler parking spaces so important to you and your family? Um, I have two little girls. One is just five years and the other lady is eight months. 
Um, so I suppose they're very important. They're more convenient than important, I suppose. And since becoming a parent five years ago, I've realised the convenience of a designated space. Now, they're called parent and toddler spaces, but we all know motorists travelling with children, they're not necessarily parents. They could be childminders, grandparents, you know, friends. Yeah. Um, I suppose the the additional room that they allow, they they make it easier for for motors travelling with the young children to uh, remove and replace children um, from a car in a safe manner, um, you know. And it's just a lack of respect by motors travelling without children when they use them. It just takes and I, t- I take it spe- especially when you have two, like a five year old and, and an eight month old. You pull up yeah. at the supermarket, park up. It isn't just as simple as hopping out and running into the supermarket. No, it's not. And it's not the location that we want. You know, if the spaces are farthest away from the front door, that's not we want. That's not what we want. We want the room. You know, we want people to realise that the, the additional room is there for a reason. And if we don't have that room, then it is a struggle. And you've got examples of how difficult it can be when you don't get one of these spaces. Yeah, yeah, um, of recent, and this is what kind of was icing on the cake for me. Um, and I wrote into a local newspaper here on based in Castlebar and County Mayo. So I wrote into the Connacht Telegraph about it. Um, so I went shopping with my two children, which I do on a regular basis, you know. And um, there was no parent and toddler spaces in the Aldi car park. There's only four in the Castlebar car park. Um, so I parked in a normal space, and I don't begrudge that if there's no spaces, then have to park in a normal space which is fine um, so there was no car either side of me when I got out of the car and then when I returned to the car with a trolley full of shopping and my two children um, I couldn't get into my car because people had parked so close to me. Now on one side it was a disabled space so on the passenger side it was a dis- disabled space but on the right hand side so getting into the pass- into the driver's side um, it was a normal space that particular car had parked so close to me I couldn't open the car door a mere foot to get in. So I what, had to climb. I had to climb through the passenger uh, yeah, the passenger rear side, past my five year old in her seat, holding my baby in her car seat to strap her in. Um and then I had to climb from the passenger side into uh, the, the driver's side. side. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, all all to go and do your your week's uh, shopping. Have mm. you ever um, confronted drivers? I have, yeah, I have. Um, recently, a middle-aged man pulled up in um, his Jaguar in a parent-toddler space, hopped out, no children. And I said it to him, I said, this is a parent-toddler space, and he had no shame in walking away from me. Um, another lady, when she was approaching her car in a parent-toddler space, when I was taking my baby out of her buggy and she asked me to move my buggy away from her car even though I was the one in a parent-to-toddler space and I told her that. Um, Yeah, there's been a few instances and I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not that type of person but lately it's just becoming so frustrating and I think more and more people are doing it. And Um, why, why do you, I mean they're just inconsiderate drivers but why do you believe they're doing it? I believe they're doing it because number one, location. You know, majority of of the time they are very close to the door yeah um second of all there's extra space and i was actually on a radio station yesterday morning and somebody texted in and openly said that they park in parents and toddler spaces because there's extra room at each side of the car and they don't want their car to get 
scrapped. Yeah, I, the car doors. I said so that. I was saying that. I said yeah. that earlier when when I knew when I was teeing that you were coming up on the program. Mm. I said, you know, you've got people very precious about their cars, Sophie. Yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, that's fair enough. But none of us want to get our car scratched. But if you have motorists travelling with young children, parking in normal spaces, um, we have to open our car doors as wide as they can, and they're going to get more damaged parking in normal spaces and the what that would if they were in parents' toddler spaces. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just, I think, I just want to make an awareness to people out there, you know, that these spaces are allocated for prime reasons and for fellow, to respect the fellow users that need them. Have you ever tried to complain to the management at the supermarket? Not a management, but I have approached a parking attendant. Okay. Um, only once. And the response I got was not, um, warm at all um, he was scanning my number place to make sure I didn't overstay my welcome yeah. um, and a transit van pulled up beside me I was in a parent part of base getting my buggy out of the car and the driver hopped out had no children with him parking attendant saw this happen and I said it to him and he shrugged his shoulders and said what do you want me to do and he walked off now this was a private car park it was in Tesco's mm. and I know they don't have the authority to fine but it would be nice for parking attendants to maybe a bit more proactive and maybe, you know, say, sorry now, sir, this is a parent part of space. Yeah, you tell them, tell to. them to move on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because the fact that they are in private car parks, there, there can't be parking tickets issued. I mean, that's isn't that the big problem here? Yeah, it is. Now, I know if you do overstay, you're welcome. Over the time frame, like Caspar and um, the Tesco and Caspar is an hour and a half. Yeah. And I have had a ticket for that before. So they do issue tickets for the time frame and they would issue tickets for the disabled. And what did you have to, and you to pay? It was I'd a fine. fine. I'd pay fine, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, therefore, why can't they issue fines yeah. for the same? Th- oh, of course, how would they prove? How would they prove if uh, you had a toddler with you or not? Yeah, yeah. yeah there's no, there's no stickers. Thing. Yeah, I know the disabled spaces, the, the motorists that are that have the disabled badge, they purchase those on a, um, I think it's every two years. Yeah, from the Disabled Drivers Association. Yeah. yeah. So there has, I think, something like that has to be put in place. Yeah. Why not? Uh, when the, when baby is born, it's got a PPS a PPS number yes. it could be linked yeah. to that and you get exactly. it for five years or something or you know put a put a limit because the, exactly. the other argument is what age do you stop yeah. parking in the parent yeah. and toddler that's it and I suppose children are getting more and more independent now like my lady she's five um, and even sometimes she's like no mommy I'll fasten my seatbelt or you know kind of things like that so I suppose that is another argument that there's going to be what age does it will it be capped yeah. But I think it's once they need assistance, you know, to get in the car, to fasten their seatbelt safely. Yeah, um, yeah. That's the main thing. And I as think. you say, it isn't anything to do with it being beside the front door no, of the supermarket. That no. maybe some some supermarkets, when they're planning their car parks, could look at that, put them away. Maybe they're yeah. too much of a temptation because, oh, sure, I'm only, you know, the famous one that you hear from the disabled driver's spot yeah. when people are asked, oh, sure, I was only yeah. going in for five minutes. It, yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. They're the five minutes that somebody needs that parking space. Exactly. Yeah. Now, there's, there's been loads of comments, you know, um, and thrown at my, my friends, colleagues, my neighbours, um, and also to myself, you know, I've had it said to me, sure, it was your choice to have children. Oh. Um, oh. You know, parents shouldn't expect special treatment. We don't want special treatment. You know, it's 
that really infuriates me. We're just looking for, um, you know, for motors travelling without children to respect the reasons that these spaces were allocated and to park elsewhere. Yeah, actually, there's another solution somebody has come up with saying, Patricia, the big problem is there isn't sufficient space in any of the car park spaces to even get out of a car. That's the problem. Some of the newer car parks, and of course, they're, the businesses are doing it to cram in as many yeah. cars as they can. But they are, those spaces have got smaller. in, in have got tighter, yeah, yeah. And that's causing the problem. How is your online petition going? It's going great. Well yeah, it's going great. And I have petitions in um, a few shops and my local hairdresser and a gym. And I'm going to go around one evening when it's not raining <laughs> um, to the local houses and um, just talk to people and ask well done. be interested. Well done. Them. I mean, I've, I, it's a fantastic initiative and well done for doing something. You know, we all complain and moan and groan, yeah. but you're... you're, you're You've gotten up and you're doing something, so yeah, you've got to I be commended for that. I've about it for five years, and <laughs> I think people that don't have children with them, um, you know, they don't understand. And my friend was in the hairdressers yesterday, and she heard my piece being aired, my interview being aired on one of the local radios here. And a lot of the people in the hairdressers like, oh, God, I didn't realise, you know, and things like that. So hopefully I'm spreading the yeah, awareness. Yeah, that's exactly um, it. That's exactly it, that it isn't the convenience of being near the front door. Not it's all, you no. need the extra space to get baby, toddler, buggy, whatever it is, in yeah. and out of the car as safely as, as and uh, possible. And have your eyes on your children because yeah. the space so that, like me, my five-year-old, I know she's there. I can put her beside me when the door is open. Um, you know, that she's not on the road where the cars are coming up and down. Yeah. Um, it's just safety for our children. Well done. You know, that's all we want. Well hopefully. done. OK, listen, Sophie, good luck with it and thanks for joining us on the programme. Thanks, Patricia. Good morning thanks to you. Bye-bye. 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 Uh, isn't she great? That's a young mum, Sophie Flynn from Castlebar with her two little ones just raising awareness and drawing attention. Think about it, folks, the next time you do decide to just nip into the supermarket or show one of the baby and toddler parking spaces are free at park there. They're free for a reason. They're free... Uh, they're, they're uh, free at that stage so that somebody coming behind you might be just like Sophie with her five-year-old and her eight-month-old baby having a frazzled day might have been up all night because baby was teething and they just need that parking space so that they can get in and out of the supermarket uh, safely. Pat in from says what really annoys me are the people that park right in front of the supermarket door do not even use the space and they put their flashers on. Oh, I'm only running in for a minute. And then you can't back out of your parking space until that person comes out of the supermarket. It is really, really annoying, says uh, Pat. And Sheila in North Cork is putting her hands up and admitting, I do, she does use the spaces, but she's got a reason now. Would people agree with Sheila on this one? Sheila says, I have, I've had a hip and a knee operation and I have to park in those parent and toddler parking space because of my operation. So I do use the spaces because of the space, because of the size of the space around them. I can't park in the smaller parking spaces because I can't bend back my knee as I used to and I wouldn't be able to get in and out of the car. But she said, I don't be in that space for very long. <laughs> kind of justifying it. Um, OK, is, is Sheila North Cork right? Or if that is an issue, Sheila, could I suggest that you get onto your doctor and maybe get a disabled driving parking sticker? 
because if, if you really are now I don't know if it's just because you've recently had an operation and it's just over this period of time while you're recuperating but if you think long term you're going to be in that position that you are not able to bend your knee then surely surely you, you haven't got full use of that leg because of it to get in and out of the car surely you would be entitled to get one of the disabled parking badges I would be having a chat with your doctor but in the meantime Sheila will continue to use the parent and toddler spaces but just be careful that you don't get a young mother having a go at you for using it 1850 lines open Cork today on C103 with Cork City Council and Glow a Cork Christmas celebration get into the family festive spirit with a visit to Glow on the ground and parade open every weekend until Christmas. Here at C103, we're giving away shopping vouchers worth a total of five thousand euro. Five thousand euro. C103's Christmas Covered is your chance to win a €500 Euro one-for-all voucher. Listen at 9, 2 and 5 every day to count the Christmas bells. Then text or WhatsApp the total amount for your chance to win. C103's Christmas Covered. With Dennis and Mary Ryans, where the new 2020 C5 Aircross has arrived. Now open Sundays. See ryans.ie. Only on C103. From Monday of this week, businesses across Ireland will need to review the terms and conditions of their gift vouchers that they sell to ensure that they comply with the new legislation, the Consumer Protection Gift Vouchers Act of 2019. So with advice to businesses, I'm joined by Dirine Sweeney, who joins me from the Competition and Consumer Protection uh, Commission. Um, good afternoon to, or good, good morning to you, uh, Dirin. You're welcome to the programme. Um, now, the main, the main change here is the expiry date, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Before, there were no rules around the expiry date for gift vouchers. So we could set any time once you told consumers about what, what the date was. Now you can no longer have an expiry date that's less than five years. So it's an important big change for a lot of businesses. Does the voucher have to clearly show the expiry date? Absolutely. So the voucher either needs to state that there is no expiry date, and if there's an expiry date, the date in which the voucher starts, and the date in which the voucher um, expires must be given to the consumer. Now, that can be in an email or a written format. It doesn't necessarily need to be on the voucher, but it does need to be provided to the customer. And, but it's only, this is important, it's only for vouchers, uh, Darren, that were bought, bought since yes, Monday. Yes, exactly, since the 2nd of December. Anything else before that, it's just, it, it, there are no rules. So it's what, how it was and whatever the terms and conditions was when you bought the voucher. Yeah, I mean, we, we were hearing last week of people who got vouchers that had three months on them. Yeah, just very short. And I think that's what the difficulty was before is because, uh, you know, some places were three months, some were two, two years, some were 12 months. It was very hard to keep up with it, or at least now there's a standard for everybody. So you know yourself. And if you do lose it at the back of the drawer, it's highly likely you're going to find it within five years. So it's not going to go to waste. Yeah. So everybody knows now, and even for businesses, there's a, you know the fact that there is a, a, an expiry date is is good, so they're not wondering how long it'll take. But in the same breath, it's a decent amount of time for for consumers to come back and use a voucher. And a couple of other changes: vouchers yeah. to be used in a, a single transaction. Yeah, this was one I wasn't familiar, I, I didn't realise it was a practice before, but it came up during the consultation where um, you could say that, you know, if you have a, something for 100 euro and buying for it, you could say you can only use one voucher. So whereas now you can use as many vouchers as you wish, 
um, in the transaction. And in the same, in the same breath, um, you no longer need to use the full amount of the voucher. So this is, for example, if you had a voucher for 100 euro for a restaurant and you bought 75 euro worth of food, you no longer have to locate a bottle of wine to make up the last yeah. 75 euro. Um, now instead, um, as a business, you need to either offer a cash a refund to a card or else another voucher for the value that is outmaining. So it's, it's important so that customers don't feel under pressure that they have to use everything all at once. And if the gift vouchers in somebody else's name? Yeah, another one that I wasn't familiar with. That So um, you no longer can refuse it. So if I give you a gift voucher and you go to use it in a restaurant or a shop, um, the, the restaurant shop cannot refuse it because your name's not on it. Equally, the restaurant shop cannot charge you to change the name. And I think this is particularly one that was in airlines where I might get a voucher for what I know your, your name to be, but your name and your passport may be to something different. So some airlines were charging one, to change the one, name. one famous airline in particular who should remain <laughs> nameless. Okay, uh, thanks uh, for that, Darren. No and pe- people can get more on your website, uh, ccpc.ie. Thanks for that. Good morning to you. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. As we have been hearing all morning, farmers are blockading the little distribution plant in uh, Charleville. It follows yesterday's 12-hour protest outside the Aldi distribution centre in uh, Nace. Once again, I'm joined by the Munster IFA chairman and presidential candidate John uh, Coughlin, who is in Charleville, or outside Charleville at the protest at uh, Little. Good morning to you, John. Good morning, Richard. Now, John, other than affecting businesses at both Aldi and Little. What do you hope your protest is achieving? Our protest will have to achieve a price rise for farmers for beef cattle. The difficulty that we've seen over the past, uh, especially the past three or four weeks, that the European price has moved moved up a lot, and Irish prices haven't gone anywhere in the past couple of weeks. And we've been losing money on beef farming for the last year and a half, and we need to ensure that the industry recognises the fact that they have to increase prices. So they're getting it in the marketplace. There's huge margin now being made between the processors and the retailers, while farmers are still producing beef below the cost of production. A number of listeners, while I have to say there's a lot of support for farmers today, there are a number of listeners are questioning why it's Aldi and Lidl that you appear to be picking on, particularly when Aldi and Lidl seem to be two of the supermarkets that are very much committed to work with farmers and committed uh, to stocking Irish beef. Yeah, all the supermarkets are stocking Irish beef. There's no problem there. The problem is that we're not getting the return for that beef. And we see that the retailers are one part of the supply chain that are not involved in the beef task force. They are not sitting around the table with the with the minister and or with the farmers and processors. And we need that to happen as well so that everybody is going to get a fair margin for what we're doing, not just the retailers and processors. But will you protest outside of the likes of Musgraves, Tesco, Dunn's? We will protest. We will continue. This protest is going to be ongoing until we ensure that we're going to get a proper price increase for beef. And what's the mood like at the protest today, John? The mood is, is disappointing that the price of cattle has not moved on with the rest of Europe. Uh, we now see a difference of in, between the UK and Irish of about 150 to 60 euros per animal in the last six weeks. And where is that money going? It's going between the processors and the retailers. It's not going to the farm. Yeah, and how much more? I mean, what what is a fair price? Well, a fair price is to, is to get a fair, a fair percentage of the return of the marketplace. And when we can see a difference, I mean, fifty percent of our beef goes into the UK market. And when we see British farmers able to get one hundred sixty euros more per animal than Irish farmers, then you have to ask yourself, where is that money gone? 
and it's gone between the other stakeholders in the industry. Okay, there is some criticism coming in about why the IFA are organising this protest when the beef plan movement were picketing outside the factories. The IFA didn't want to get involved. Why but now? Look, IFA deals in fact every day of the week. When uh, back last June, July, beef prices in Ireland were equal to the UK prices and slightly above they were the second highest beef prices in Europe that time. But since then, the difference has risen right across Europe and the UK. We now see a huge gap in the price that we are getting compared to what we were getting that time. That's why we have a protest now. And have you any faith in the Beef Task Force? We have to have faith in the Beef Task Force because I think look, it's around the table where most discussions can be can be can be held. It's there where deals have to be done, and I would can, I would say that the Beef Task Force is akin to uh, price negotiations. Uh, it's, it's, it's akin to labour disputes. It's a place where there needs to be the chairman needs to stand up and say, say look, that farmers deserve to get a fair margin along with everybody else in the in the retail chain. Okay, stay there, Jerry. One of our listeners has a question for you. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning. You are, you, have, you have a question and a point to make to John. I suppose, how come the IFA weren't seen until now and all of a sudden they're out now with the two German uh, retailers, I suppose, and up until now there was nothing and I'm, I'm querying it. I'm, I'm really seriously querying it now that they're actually out in force with the last couple of days. Have their plans on going to other retailers in the, tomorrow? Or the day after. John? Look, IFA has been out in force all the time. And I mean, if you go back to last spring, where uh, IFA went after the Minister and the European Commission to get you a support package for farmers, which culminated in 50 million euro from the EU, along with another 50 million euro from the Irish government, that was Indeed. secured on the, back, on the back of the Brexit issues that were going on that, it, that has been affecting the price of beef. IFA saw that as the problem. We saw that our price in the market was equivalent to the European price, and that's why we hadn't been taking on the factories that time. What we've seen over the over the summer months is um, a, a build-up of cattle after after happening, and now we see the factories. Now we see the factories the factories are after creaming five million euros a week off of beef farmers in the last six weeks. Okay, let let Jerry back in, uh, John. And Jerry. How long have they been creaming it? And you've been quite the silence from the IFA, in my opinion, is absolutely deafening. You know, well, and all we of a sudden, now you're coming out with now. We deal with the facts in the marketplace, and if you look at where the marketplace was from the, the spring right into the start of the summer, we were the second highest beef price in Europe. That's not the case today. We are 50 cents a kilo behind the British price today. That's where the difference like, is. The prices have moved was, on in the last four months. I was at the factory gates and the amount of people that were saying they were actually very upset with the IFA from the, all the silence and the whole lot and that were on about leaving. I don't know whether they left now or John, John or not, but like this, like talking to farmers there, the men and women out there, they're absolutely fuming with you. Absolutely at boiling point over the silence and all of a sudden, you know... Look, my like question, to, are, you, are you going to other retailers in the, ne- in the next coming days? Yeah, this is this is going to be a campaign until we get a result. This is going to go on. We've did, we were in one retailer yesterday, we are in another today, and there will be more next week. And, okay. and would you accept, um, John, that it was because of the protest that went on, organised by the Beef Plan movement, that we have a Beef Task Force? Well, the Beef Plan was there for the last couple of years. And, look, I mean, that's 
there a group of people that uh, decided to, to protest uh, during the summer. IFA is an organisation that's there for the last 60 years. And, uh, but you know, many of them we, felt they were left down by the IFA and that's why the Beef Plan movement took off. Well, I suppose, look at it, Patricia, as I said, we look, we look at the situation and we deal in the facts that were there. We know beef price was the second highest price in Europe. We didn't see how we were going to get any price increase back last June, July, even going back as far as last April and May. And that's why last spring we went after the EU Commission because of the Brexit issue. And we got 100 million for farmers. Oh, I mean, you'll look look right through the summer where when you go back to when the beef protest started where beef prices were at 360 a kilo and since then they're down to 345. Jerry, did you want to get in there? I did, like, you know, I know there's elections coming up as well and it's amazing that all this is coinciding. Like, the beef price has been low. Tarvish have been absolutely openly saying that it's low with a long, long time. And all of a sudden now, there's absolutely airwaves and tractors being pulled across um, and blocking retailers. Like, I'm, I'm sceptical. And so are a lot of the men and women that are farming all over Cork and Kerry and all over Ireland. They're very sceptical that you're coming out now and all of a sudden, you know, you have elections you have uh, coming up as well and you have a lot of different things happening. And you have been quite in the last a long, long time. And Jerry, you you wouldn't you were at the beef plan movement protest at the factories. Yes. You, and you wouldn't consider joining the IFA protests at the at the distribution centres. People are sceptical, Patricia, okay. because like, and all of a sudden, right. you know, two, the only two uh, people that came out were at uh, Lidl and Aldi in relation to. I suppose, supporting farmers and to get rid of the 30 months. Yeah, a number of um, people are saying, I have to say, actually, Jerry, um, to John, a number of people are saying that they reckon you, you're picking on the wrong distribution centres in picking on the Aldi yeah. and and, yeah. and the Lidl's. Uh, OK, listen, um, Jerry, thank you for that, that. I'll leave it there. John, can I just ask you one question? Because somebody has, has, has texted in about this and, and we spoke with former Junior Minister Ned O'Keefe about this earlier in the week, the killing of newborn bull calves. And I know... Uh, Ear to the Ground did a programme on it as well. Is that something that concerns you? Absolutely, but I don't believe there is killing of, uh, of calves going on at farm level. Uh, no, I didn't see Ear to the Ground programme last night, but I mean, we're Irish farmers are very committed to rearing calves properly, and we have done it. We see that even in the export market that we have to Holland, where the, the Dutch veal producers, they openly say that they really like the Irish calves, that they end up in Holland in a very healthy condition. And if you look at the Irish farming situation, every Irish farmer that I know has raised their calves properly. Ear to the ground claimed last night nearly 30,000 male Irish calves were slaughtered last year before they reached the age of two weeks. Yeah, but that's a legitimate slaughter process that's supervised by the Department of Agriculture. Those calves are going into a market for, uh, for kebabs. And that's, uh, that's a different issue entirely. That, and they have to fully supervise by the Department of Agriculture in slaughter premises. Right. So, so you don't believe the stories that... I don't believe cows are being slaughtered on farm. And as we said the other day... And I don't believe it should ever happen. OK, and if it is happening, people should report people it. People should, absolutely should. Yeah, I have okay. not of any of them being reported and if they don't, he feels they'll be done, he should report it as well. OK, we'll let you go back to the protest. Will there be? Will we be talking to somebody tomorrow? Will there be another protest tomorrow, John? Quite possibly. That'll be known this evening.
but it won't get announced but but won't get announced until in the morning alright alright John we leave it there thank you for that thanks uh, for joining us that is Munster IFA chairman and uh, presidential candidate for the IFA uh, John Coughlin uh, joining us Uh, 1850-333-103 do you want me to go to this now okay sorry John in Rathcormac uh, wants to join us Um, good morning John Sorry. Good morning, John. Good morning, Patricia. Okay, I, I, I'm sorry. I think this was was this a question for John Coughlin? I'm sorry. Yeah, unfortunately, that's right. that's John, right, yeah. just make your point anyway. Unfortunately, he's off the line. What's your point? My point is, Patricia, the grading machines, grading system that's in the factories at the moment, right, and has been there for the last ten years. Yeah. That was sanctioned by the IFA. Give it their blessing. Now that has the farmers of Ireland robbed, lacerated. They're getting, I don't know how many different prices for the same kind of animals. This grading machine just dictates a price. You take your price, you get your cheque, and you're saying... And you've no choice. You've no choice when you put the cattle into the factory. This is a grading machine that was introduced. This is a robbing machine, not a grading machine. It's unfair to the farmers of Ireland, and they put up with it, and they take it, because you have no other choice when you have cattle fit to sell now, there are boats starting to go uh, for the live export, and I hope they will stay going, and that there will be no hindrance to them, because they are taking away a lot of cattle out of this country now that would not be suitable for the okay. factory for months. And if you have to go feeding cattle for months, yeah. Right, yeah. you have to pay up to 300 euros a tonne for meal. And then what? And, then and what? that puts about two to three hundred an animal onto the animal. Yeah. So you have no chance of getting a margin for yourself. But the grading machine, the grading system, is the worst thing that ever came in for the farmers of Ireland. And the IFE are there now, protesting outside Lidl and whatever. Why don't they go outside Tesco? Why don't they go outside Musgraves above and Cork? Well, John Coughlin rec- says they will, and only time will tell. We'll yeah. have to wait and see. Okay, I'm I'm way over on time. I have so much to get through. John, I appreciate okay, your call. Thank you for that. And actually, I can see there's a lot of anger, I have to say, about the IFA. In particular, people saying that, how, are they picking on the wrong supermarkets? Um, and then just general... Not everybody happy with the IFA. John and Clon says on the farmers blocking entrances to the big retailers, where are the Gardaí? It should not be allowed. Patricia, if you or I went into town today and decided to block the entrance to a shop by way of a protest, would we not be arrested straight away? And Patricia, I think the farmers, by the way, should get a fair price for their beef. Well, the Gardaí were there yesterday. I don't need... I don't know if they're breaking, if they're breaking any rules or not. And, sorry, and I, people are picking up on the barrel, the tar barrel where they, that the farmers were using yesterday and I'm assuming if it gets cold later on today they'll do the same thing in Charleville to keep themselves warm you know, they had a bit of a bonfire and people are saying with climate change and all that and there was guards around I mean obviously they weren't breaking any rules because I know the Gardaí were in negotiation with them yesterday and they did ask them for example if they would allow out two trucks that had perishable food items and the IFA members refused yesterday. But they did concede and they did allow one single lorry 
to leave the distribution centre in Nace yesterday and that's because the driver would have missed a hospital appointment in Limerick so they allowed him out but that was it there and then when they and the Gardaí pleaded and urged the farmers to allow the two trucks of perishable food items uh, to leave and in return Aldi said we'll close down for the rest of the day which would have meant the farmers could have gone away if they wanted to they were giving them uh, their, a promise that they wouldn't let any more trucks in and out but they would not allow the two trucks with the perishable foods to move yesterday and the Gardaí were involved so I'm assuming you're not breaking any rules you would think if you're blocking somebody doing your business that there would be some rule there but obviously there isn't a law there because the Gardaí were negotiating trying their bit and if they were doing anything wrong they surely would have would have arrested them immediately John says the problem in the beef sector is a result of all the extra dairy calves resulting in all the extra cattle up to 8,000 cattle per week being killed the suckler cow farmer is disappearing while the large dairy farmers expands it's time to reduce stock numbers particularly on the large dairy farms that is the way to go Jamie says hi Patricia looking at the farmers last night on the TV with their big tractors they can't be doing too bad can they says Seamus those tractors do not come at cheap and Dennis said sure with all the perks that farmers have what, what are they complaining about they get tax relief for young farmers stamp duty relief loss relief green diesel farm assist I tell you if I had 100 acres I'd plant the whole lot with trees or put up solar panels on it and I'd watch the money roll in Thanking you kindly. That is from uh, Dennis. 1850-333-103. Lines open. C103 Jobs. With Hewitt College. Now enrolling for Christmas Junior and Leaving Certificate Revision courses. Your success is built on their experience. See hewittcollege.ie. Person required for general duties, including power washing, a knowledge of operating a hoist would also be an advantage. Steel erector, welder and concrete workers all wanted for positions in Cork City. While a labourer is wanted for a job, it's on the south side of the city. And and part-time leisure attendant wanted for the High B Fitness Centre. That's in Mallow. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Cork Today on C103. With Cork City Council and Glow. A Cork Christmas celebration. Food markets, Ferris wheel and a fun festive park on the Grand Parade. Visit Glow. Open every weekend until Christmas. My favourite thing about Glow is going into Bishop Lucy Park and then afterwards going out to get a hot chocolate in the market. Cork at Christmas is amazing. I love going to the markets and everything. Crepes and mini donuts and then heading on to the Ferris wheel. Join C103 for the return of Glow, a Cork Christmas celebration on the Grand Parade every weekend until December 22nd. Take a family trip to town and explore Bishop Lucy Park magically lit by Doucher puppets and transformed into a Christmas wonderland where Santa is bringing the National Elf Test Centre. Take in the beautiful Beautiful city views from the Ferris wheel. Indulge at the food markets and enjoy festive entertainment. Tis the season to visit Glow at the Grand Parade. Presented by Cork City Council, The Echo and C103. I will get back to your texts and comments. A lot coming in about the farmers and the protest at the little plant outside of Charleville. And also a huge amount of reaction coming into the piece we did about the parent and toddler parking spaces. And that's led to a lot of people talking about how small 
car parking spaces have become in supermarkets and that's part of the problem and the reason why people are parking in the parent and toddler spaces rather than leaving them for parents and toddlers. But I want to move on because the HSE's Department of Public Health have revealed that there has been an increase in mumps cases in Cork and Kerry in recent months, prompting a Cork GP to hit out at the anti-vaccine misinformation that's widely available, especially on social media. And Dr Nick Flynn uh, joins me this morning. Good morning to you, Nick. Morning, uh, and and you're, you're welcome. Do you believe parents who don't vaccinate their children are actually selfish? It's uh, a good question. Uh, I think selfish is probably the wrong word, but they're certainly misinformed uh, and they're making a dangerous decision for themselves, for their children, and unfortunately then for other children and other people who are, who are unwell. Uh, if you take the NMR vaccine, it's available in Ireland for over 30 years. There was, uh, unfortunately, a lot of misinformation about 20 years ago in relation to it by this uh, chap who has been well discredited since, Professor Andrew Wakefield, uh, and all of his... Uh, uh, research or so-called research has been discredited. He's been struck off and is no longer entitled to call himself a doctor as a result. Such was the, I suppose, the skullduggery involved in his research. Uh, and the measles, mumps and rubella, the NMR vaccine has been proven to be safe. But unfortunately, um, uh, vaccinations are an emotive issue for parents and there is this, uh, uh, I suppose, that anti-vax movement which has got a lot of fuel out of Professor or Mr. Wakefield's um, uh, misinformation and we're still seeing the fall of that today so we need vaccine rates uh, to go above 95% in the community to stop the spread of these which are very very serious conditions to vulnerable people and unfortunately in Ireland we only get to about high 80s low 90s so we never get enough to stop the spread and it's it's, it's quite serious I mean if you look at measles itself and and we can talk about mumps in a minute but if you look at measles Measles around the world is on the increase. Yeah, know, the World Health Organization are, are out showing uh, almost um, a, a surge by a surge by almost a third of measles cases in one year. Um, it's unbelievable. And if any of your listeners um, are, are interested, just to see the, the dramatic effects of a measles outbreak, they, they should look at what's happening in Samoa at the moment, uh, where there have been uh, sixty-two deaths, and fifty-four of those sixty-two deaths have been in uh, patients under the age of five. So children are particularly vulnerable. So most, measles isn't just as simply that somebody can say, oh, sure, it's a childhood illness. We all got no, measles. Uh, abs- absolutely not. If you look at the stats to Ireland and the UK before the measles vaccine was introduced, there was hundreds of thousands of cases between, between both jurisdictions every year. And there was a, a, a quite significant amount of patients who developed complications. The complications can be ear infections, pneumonias, but it can also be meningitis, encephalitis, inflammation in the brain, seizures and even death. And, 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 and that's what they're seeing in Samoa at the moment. And what's remarkable about Samoa is that we all remember being in school and remembering about the plague and the Black Death and X's. They, do, they, do, they, do, they, do, they were going around and they were painting black X's on the door in your yeah, house then. Yeah. Your house then was, you know, you, you knew that, that the plague was that house. Now in Samoa, they're, 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 they're hanging red flags outside of unvaccinated people's houses so the public health wow. can go around and vaccinate them. Like, this is 2020, you know? So this is like, that's, that, that is how significant it is. They, they have an endemic on the island. It, it is causing a lot of uh, illness, a lot of morbidity and a lot of mortality. If you think 62 deaths, 54 of those 
under the age Shocking. of five. That's, that's Shocking. That's vulnerable or, or, or kids. And that's, that's on the measles. And then the mumps. I mean, I, in today's paper, actually, mumps cases in Limerick has increased by almost 600% in the last year. And we know there's been 70 cases of mumps reported here in Cork and Kerry. What age group are getting mumps? Yeah, but mums, there's two peaks, the, the, the younger age and then the, the, the adolescents. And, and we see and we see it particularly for adolescents and teenagers where they congregate, so where they, where they meet up. So typically schools, colleges, concerts, sports, uh, uh, sports events. Uh, and again, mums, it's, it's, it's not a simple condition. It's got some significant um, uh, complications, including uh, infertility. And I think if anybody was to ha- have, their, have their kids at home and have to explain to them as late teenagers or young adults why they're infertile for the want of giving a simple vaccine. Yeah, that's a hard, so, convers- that's a hard conversation to have, yeah, isn't oh, no, it? Absolutely. And, and I think as well for, 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 for parents, they, they, have to, they have to consider making choices for their children, but also making choices for other people's children as well. So we, 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 see, we see situations where, uh, you know, if you have a vaccine-preventable illness, so suppose somebody gets measles and they haven't been vaccinated and they get a complication, so they get pneumonia or they get, God forbid, an encephalitis and a meningitis and they're admitted to hospital, well then they're in hospital where children will be being treated for cancer, so they'll be yeah. on chemotherapy and they'll be, those children, their immune systems will be down and they're at risk of that. Of, of, of contracting measles from the, from the unvaccinated child being being admitted, and again, if you just ask the listeners to close their eyes and, and, and picture the A and E departments at the moment, like there's trolleys up on trolleys, patients really being, being nursed close to each other. So if somebody is admitted to one of those departments with a communicable disease and a vaccine preventable disease, it will spread throughout the department, and already sick and vulnerable people will be put at risk. Yeah, it's about. Protecting the population. It isn't just about protecting your child. Yeah, yeah well, it's about both, really, but you're, you're dead right. It is, it is about both. I mean, when I vaccinated my own kids, it was because I wanted them to be protected. But also, in doing that, if enough people do it, and it needs to be over 95% of the population, we get what, what they call, it's an unfortunate phrase, but herd immunity. Yeah. It <laughs> means that if you get a sporadic case, enough people will be immune that it won't spread throughout the community. And that's what's happening in Samoa. They don't have this herd immunity and it's spreading like wildfire measles. It's spreading like wildfire to the community and causing a lot of illness and a lot of death. Some countries, Nick, won't allow children to attend creche or school on, unless they're vaccinated. I was in Australia at last uh, Christmas and in the and I was in a house that had young children who were heading to the creche and my sister-in-law had to go off with all of the, her vaccination records to prove they weren't even taking her word for her. They were taking photocopies of it to make sure that all the children were vaccinated and it has now become mandatory. Would you like to see something like that introduced uh, here? Uh, uh, I would strongly support that, Patricia. Patricia, I, I, I've always had a, a pet dog. Um, I have a lovely chocolate brown lab at the moment, and we stay goodbye <laughs> to her for two weeks in the summer when we're going away. But I can't get her into kennels if I don't show her vaccination book. You know, so when I mean, you think that, like, that the, the lady who runs that, that the kennels and, 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 and or the, the guy who runs the kennels won't accept the dog who's not vaccinated in, because it will spread illness to other dogs. And then we have children who are unvaccinated attending our, our creches in our schools. And, and, I mean, it, the mind boggles, really. And, and I would strongly support that. I, I do think there's a lot of ethical questions around that. It's not a straightforward question. I think the right to education is destroyed in the Constitution. So it's a, it's a very difficult one, probably, to, to, to bring to fruition. But I would strongly support it as a public health measure that we, that we should have mandatory vaccination. And indeed, for our 
uh, healthcare professionals working in hospitals, working in general practice, working in the community, we should have mandatory flu vaccination as well so we don't spread flu to vulnerable patients we need. So, like, vaccines are safe, vaccines do work, and, you know, and, and, and they're one of the big, big, um, I suppose, public health advances of, of the last century is that we, the vaccines were invented and, and, and successful public health vaccination programmes. I saw that the vaccine uptake on the flu vaccine for 65-year-olds is 62% uptake. Is that good? Uh, it could be better, but certainly it's better than previous. And what we've seen with that is that the uh, that, uh, so pharmacies and GPs are, are now vaccinating. And year on year, there has been, like, GPs have vaccinated the same or more numbers. So so, so more and more people are, be, are being vaccinated. But again, it's about getting the, the vaccine to the at-risk groups as well. So anybody with a, with, a, with a long-term illness, really any long-term illness, uh, should, should get it. Anybody over the age of 65, and importantly, anybody caring for the first two groups should get it. Um, uh, so really, we would encourage everybody to consider, consider the flu vaccine as well. It's, it's interesting that you mentioned healthcare workers because the vaccine uptake among healthcare workers, now this is in long-term care facilities, it's reached 38%. It was at 33% last year. There's still a body of work to be done, to be done there. Yeah. And the question that comes up every time I mention the flu vaccine, uh, Nick, uh, can the flu vaccine give you the flu? vaccine does not give you the flu and it's a conversation we have I, I have almost daily with patients what happens is that there are circulating cold viruses at this time of year anyway uh, and just because of that it coincidentally when somebody gets the vaccine they will they may get a, a cold virus not actually the flu they may get some flu-like symptoms but the flu vaccine itself categorically does not give you the flu Okay, all right. Listen, we'll let you get back to your work. We appreciate you taking time out. Thanks for that. Uh, Bye bye. Uh, That is uh, Dr. Nick uh, Flynn uh, joining us um, from the uh, Holly Hill Medical uh, Centre. 1850 333 103. John Paul taking your calls. You can text our WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Cork today on C103. With Cork City Council and Glow, a Cork Christmas celebration. Get into the family festive spirit with a visit to Glow on the Grand Parade. Open every weekend until Christmas. For the last number of years, uh, Christmas would not be Christmas without a visit to Glow, which has become a Cork Christmas celebration that sees Bishop Lucy Park and the Grand Parade transformed into a hive of activity. To chat to us about this year's GLOW, I'm joined by Marcella Whelan-Kelly, who is the Events Coordinator with Cork City Council. Good morning to you, Marcella. Hi, Patricia. Uh, Thanks for calling. Well, you're you're very welcome to the programme. Now, it runs every weekend right up to Christmas. Just remind us first of the opening times, because they're important. Well, the market uh, down on the Grand Parade opens at 12 o'clock and runs until half eight. Um, and the park opens at half four, just when it's starting to get dark. Because you and need the darkness for the park, don't you, for the for Bishop Lucy Park? Well, it's nice to see it yeah. lit up in the darkness. It's a little bit more magical. Um, but even in that first hour, and the darkness is increasing as we go through the run of glow. So by half five, it's certainly plenty dark enough. Yeah. And next weekend, it will be even darker again. So, yeah, yeah you do need a little bit of darkness for the magic. Now, Bishop Lucy Park is very, well, it's very special every year, but it's extra special this year because of the National Elves Training Centre. That's right. Um, the elves are down there from the North Pole. They come every Friday to Sunday 
to practice um, exercises for the big test, which qualifies them to accompany Santa on his journey around the world on that very special night. <laughs> and how are they doing? Are they all, are they all up to scratch? Some of them need an awful lot of practice. Do they? Do they? They're getting tangled up in lights and the baking isn't going very well. And, you know, um, some of them are very, very good. There's uh, some very strong elves down there when right. able to lift packages. Um, they're, they're getting to grips with the, the geography of Cork. So there's a big map down there and they're trying to work out, you know, how do I get from Gronabraher over to Douglas and how long is it going to take? And they're doing all kinds of practice like that just so that they're properly prepared. And that is important. Well on the that is very important that they, they need to know exactly where everybody is. On. Well, we wouldn't want them to get lost. No, we wouldn't no. indeed. We wouldn't indeed. Now the Ferris wheel, uh, Marcel, that's always a huge attraction every year, isn't it? It's, it's so fabulous. It's an iconic part of the Christmas skyline in Cork now at this stage. Um, and the Ferris wheel is actually staying until the 5th of January. Okay. Um, and that's open every day. Yeah, it was when I went up, somebody, a friend of mine rang me from the city and said, oh, it's officially Christmas. And I said, why should I've seen the Ferris wheel go up? <laughs> you always know it's the start, the start of Christmas. Now, the greening of glow, and I'm really excited about this because it continues again this year. This is proven to be a very successful initiative. It is. It's a subtle initiative, but it's very important um, across the board in City Council that we, you know, make moves continuously towards being more environmentally friendly and more green. Um, And this year, all the market stalls, all their products are in uh, certified compostable packaging, including the cutlery. Um, And we have compost bins on site so people can recycle their drink cans or their packaging or whatever it is. And there are special elves down there uh, as well to help people decide which bin is right and to answer any questions. Yeah, because um, some people get confused as to what I need to be throwing where. So if you're anyway confused, head for one of the green elves. Yep, they're very, very helpful. Um, and last week, for an example, there was 860 kilos of waste generated, which okay. would be a big pile of rubbish. Right. Um, but none of that went to landfill. Isn't that incredible? It all, it all either went for composting or recycling. That's incredible. Uh, so well proud done. Of that, yeah. Well done, and well done to everybody who went along to Glow last weekend and 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 did their bit. That really is, uh, and the whole idea will be that you want to be zero waste by the end of Glow. Will that be the aim? Yeah, and so far so good. Yeah. Okay, the Christmas market, um, Marcella. Is it a combination of the usual stall holders with some new attendees this year? That's right. Um, there are a couple of new, you know, uh, snack options and craft options and things like that. But the um, the good old favourites are there as well. OK, I'm looking forward to heading down uh, later on this afternoon. What I love about the, the markets, while it's a fantastic place to get Christmas presents, it's the smells, isn't it? The smell as you're walking around. You walk through it and there's hot chocolate coming at you from one side and lovely hot potatoes coming from another. And, you know, there's something for everybody down there, but it, it, the, the, the smell is part of, of, of what makes the experience, really, as you walk through it. Yeah. Um, that and the, the sound of the choirs and bands and things, that's great too. Now, you've got a huge lineup of entertainment this, the, this, this year and this weekend in particular. Yeah, the, the whole run of glow encompasses about 96 hours. Um, so we have an awful lot of a wide variety of different bands and groups, carol singers, gospel choirs, um, the guys from GMC Beats up in Nocknahini, a bit of rap. There's rock bands, there's school choirs, there's the Yuki Dukes, which are a whole load of little girls with ukuleles, I love them. Um, and St. Nicholas Brass Band and the Butter Exchange. Brilliant. So just like... You, 
life across the city. There's all kinds of different things represented and it's great to have them come down to Glow and entertain people and maybe make a bit of money for charity. Yeah, it's fantastic. And people can find out there's the full programme of uh, events on your website, glowcork.ie. Yep, with updates on the Facebook page as they happen. Okay. All right, listen, uh, it's another, it looks like it's proven already to be another successful glow. It's a terrific event. Long may it continue, uh, Marcella. Thank you for that and uh, thanks for joining us. No worries, Patricia, and uh, thanks very much for uh, your support. No See problem. See you down on glow. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Thanks okay, a million. Bye-bye. That is Marcella Whelan-Kelly, who is the events coordinator with Cork City Council and the market 12 noon. So couple of minutes time the market will be open for today and it runs till half past eight and then Bishop Lucy Park half four every day until half past eight and it's every weekend up to Christmas so we've got three weekends left for you to go down and sample and enjoy Glow it has it's one of the best I think Cork Christmas celebrations in quite some time it, it really is quite spectacular So Vincent de Paul in Clonakilty are having church gate collections this weekend and it will be in Clonakilty and the surrounding parishes and they're please please asking you to give generous generously So Vincent de Paul nationwide have never been uh, so much in demand as they are this this year which is incredible when we've we've got a government telling us we've got near full employment if not reached full employment in this country but there are some people still struggling and the students of Mallow's Patrician Academy are as we speak hosting a coffee morning it is in the Gilbert Centre in Mallow and they're doing that in aid of Marymount Hospice well done to all the boys involved and hi Patricia could you please announce on air that the Vincent de Paul in Dunmanway are having a coffee morning today so it's on now and a massive two euro sale uh, from 10 until 1 to show our appreciation for the fantastic customers and that's from Jackie and the team in the Vincent de Paul shop in Dunmanway so if you're on Dunmanway pop in please and please support some fantastic charities doing amazing work Okay, I need to take a break we have news at 12 on the way we'll talk movies in the next hour we'll give uh, free panto tickets family pass to go and see Jack and the Beanstalk I have a lot of commentary to catch up on particularly people complaining about parking spaces and either the abuse of the parent toddler parking spaces or people who have no choice but to use them because of knee or hip problems we'll get to all of those in the next hour Cork Today on C103 with Cork City Council and Glow a Cork Christmas celebration festive food and fun the Ferris wheel and so much more on the Grand Parade Visit Glow. Open every weekend until Christmas. Martina O'Donoghue. Make C103 part of your drive home. With up-to-date traffic information and local news, your input in selecting our feel-good song of the day, plus our feel-good story, and as many of Cork's greatest hits that we can fit into three hours. Join me, Martina O'Donoghue, every weekday from 4 to 7. C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. And uh, a lovely text in from Catherine at APC Physio Clinic in Formoy. Uh, she writes to say that she was very lucky to win a prize of a staff Christmas party night out on the breakfast show a number of weeks ago. And she's messaging us to say we're heading there tonight. Compliments of C103. Whoop, whoop. 
we'll, we'll send you a picture of the gang later. Thanks so much. Hope you all have a uh, Merry Christmas from all of us at APC Clinic in Formoy and the Clayton Hotel in Cork City. Enjoy your night out, Catherine, and have fun. Now, talking of having fun, we were talking about glow in the last hour and getting into the, if you want to get into the festive spirit, trip to glow is really is a must on the Grand Parade and Bishop Lucy Park has been transformed uh, into a winter wonderland as it is every year. But this year it's really special because it's the national, uh, it's the national elves training centre and the elves fly in every weekend to attend training and they're getting ready for to help out Santa Claus on Christmas Eve so it's quite magical for the smallies anyway that has prompted a listener to say with regards to Cork Glow Festival could you tell me please if dogs on a leash are allowed into the park. I went down with my family, including my two dogs, and was told no dogs. However, there were no signs or notices to say that and the security guard didn't seem too sure, thanking you. John Paul has just checked and has come back and said, yes, dogs are allowed into the park, but they must be on a leash. So I don't know where the misinformation was when you weren't able to get in last weekend. So yeah, you are able to go once the dogs are on the leash, which as you say they, they are. So enjoy it and have fun at a glow. Now, can I take a look at some of the many, many texts and calls that came in this morning that we didn't get to. Where will I start? Let me let me just finish off, I suppose, on the farming ones because there was so much came in on uh, farming. Okay, some of your comments in. This is a reaction to Dennis. Dennis has sent in an earlier text saying, sure, to all farmers, what are they complaining about? All the perks they have, all the money they have and the tax relief for this and the stamp duty for that. And oh, he couldn't understand why farmers were complaining at all. Well, a listener says, could you please tell Dennis if he thinks there's so much money in farming, tell him to go away and buy a farm. He'll have lots of money to pay it back. Uh, This is the real world Dennis dream on. Hi, Patricia. I haven't had a month's wage in months and months. We are beef farming here in West Cork. I have a small little family and you know what? I'm tired. I'm working hard seven days a week and I'm broke nearly from it, Patricia. It really is hard to survive. God almighty. And, you know, when people are giving out about farming, that's that's the reality when small farmers seven days a week and just scraping by and with a small family. I hope that you have the support that you need and that you are uh, reaching out. My heart really goes out to you when I see texts like that uh, coming in. Also on farming, Patricia, I am sick of people picking on farmers. If it was teachers, nurses or anybody else, the whole country would be behind them. Sorry now, but would people please stop? People need to be more supportive. While Sandy says the big reason most farmers like the big reason most farmers like myself say the IFA mem- why we continue with our IFA membership is it gives an insurance cover included and the premium is deducted if you have FBD farm home insurance. But yes, I too am not pleased with the IFA efforts on behalf of small farmers and until recently bigger farmers slash feed lots were more favoured by factories in my opinion and were able to negotiate far big better prices. There is a real suspicion now that foreign beef cuts 
packaged here and then stamped was considered as Irish beef and bought by Irish consumers in the same way as other foreign produce is brought in. But now all farmers are affected. I am told, oh, and this is on the burning, you know, and people are comp- saying climate change and what are the farmers burning? Uh, Sandy said, I'm told it was actually briquettes and legal firewood that they were using during the protest. There was no rubbish uh, being burnt and that's what the council banned when they're trying to get people to not burn in their back gardens. So everything that was burning in that tar barrel and we're getting calls in that they're doing the same outside Little as well. It's for a little bit of warmth. So they're doing it outside Charleville as well. So people are concerned by that and worried about climate change. You don't need to be what's being burnt is all legal matter. Dan says, I'm a young farmer in my 20s and me and my mates are actually sick of the politics involved with all of these protests. So many Farmers are either voters for Fianna Gael or voters for Fianna Fáil and you'll hear them at protests and they'll be asking why certain politician isn't there or why that guy isn't there and why hasn't he turned up and all it's about is having a dig at each other. It's just having a dig at politics but they can have the digs of politics all they like but they're not solving the main issue. The main issue is a decent beef price. Again, the IFA are out protesting, but where were they back when we needed them at the factory gates at the time? They claimed it was the legal line and felt it was illegal for them to protest, but surely they should be looking at the legal line and surely that's not stronger when they're blocking supermarket distribution centres. And John O'Donovan, who's well known and a great protester himself, says well done to the farmers. Direct action is what is needed and the far- what the farmers are doing is right. John went along to the Homeless March yesterday but he said marching on Patrick Street won't make a blind bit of dif- difference to the housing situation. They need to take direct action just like the farmers are doing today. I think everybody needs to stick together on this one. We should all be banding together and protesting as one. Let us all join the farmers and then everybody protest together about health insurance and housing and all the other issues that are affecting this country. A united protest is what John O'Donovan is calling for. Uh, thanks for that, John. Helen says um, the she thinks the farmers need to cop on. She particularly has sympathy for the truck drivers and the other workers at the distribution uh, centres. What about their families? And Christmas is coming. Many of them won't get paid today or the ones that were affected yesterday. Surely that is not fair. 1850 Just let me take a look at some WhatsApps that are in on farming. Michael in Castletown Bear says, Hi Patricia, whilst I do have sympathy with the farmers, especially the small farmers, regarding the prices that they are getting, it's truly shocking and will not sustain them in rural Ireland. It's the retail margins that are the problem. In my opinion, it's the middleman who has a field day at their expense. I don't agree with the IFA and their current programme of blocking here here and there at random. Jumping from pillar to post is not acceptable to the general public and they should never forget that they need the general public. God be good be with your two countrymen, DC and Mar, the only two who led the IFA with any real purpose and the people followed them without questions and got results. Today's leadership should go back to the archives and learn from real leaders. Thanking you. And that is from Michael in Castletown Bear. And the texter says, farming is dead. I'm a young farmer with a handy farm. I can't stand the IFA and the politics of it all. That's tied in with the other call that we got in. I'm surviving my way. And that's what matters to me.
and that comes in from a mic and I quickly want to play thank you for that this is a, a chat that Mar- uh, Katie O'Keefe one of our reporters we sent her out this morning to the protest outside the little distribution centre in Charleville and she spoke to Shane who was one of the farmers protesting there this morning and uh, here's what Shane had to say as to why he is protesting Look, beef prices are unsustainably low at the moment and fair enough we can take low prices for a short period of time but we've been taking low prices now for the last 12 months at the end of the day we sell our beef to processors and the retailers are the ones who demand cheap beef off the processors so we want the processors to know that they need to get people to pay for quality food and pass the money back to the farmer that's what, the main reason we're here How's it affecting me personally? It means I've less money in my pocket uh, I got a tax rebate this year because I didn't, I didn't have, earn enough money in the last 12 months to pay tax uh, so that affects me big time. Uh, you can't plan for the future when you don't have money coming in. And uh, people are giving out about farmers saying, you know, oh, farmers are always complaining. But, like, it's, it's, it's very hard when you don't have money not to complain. You know, and people, it's just, it's a struggle the whole time. It is a struggle. Christmas period comes up, like, well, Christmas comes in and goes, but, like, we we're farming 365 days a year, so Christmas is just another day for farmers, like, you know, but it is harder when you have less money. Uh, little, well, it's, it's all, all, um, all supermarkets are targets, so it's just little today. It was Aldi yesterday, little to today, it could be somewhere else tomorrow, you know, so it's... It depending on today's outcome, unless we get an immediate beef price rise, we'll be targeting another another uh, retail outlet. We've been promised the discussions. There's green shoots. Uh, world market prices have risen by 50, 60 cent. There's a, a mark. Or there's a price difference between our beef and the beef in the UK of nearly 40 cent a kilo. There's a price difference between here and the mainland EU of 20 cent a kilo. And Brazilian beef is only about five cent a kilo behind us at the moment. That's so Shane. We, we one, need a price rise. One of the farmers protesting today at the little distribution centre, which continues until seven o'clock this evening. They're doing the same as yesterday. It's a 12-hour protest. Where will they be tomorrow? Nobody knows. Uh, Texter says farmers are right. They need to stand together. That comes in from John from North Cork. You need to have a united approach. 1850-333-103. Time to do this. Call now to win your family pass to the Everyman Panto. Jack and the Beanstalk. 1850-333-103. C103. The C103 Cork Diary With Cork County Council Supporting businesses, supporting communities Serving Cork Visit corkcoco.ie The Homeless Animal Rescue Team are holding a fundraising pet pamper day. It's at the Spa Self-Service Dog Wash and Dry Facility that's at St. Patrick's Mills in Douglas and it's on today from now until 8 this evening. All proceeds from those times going directly to the group heart. Bandon and District Chiropodist International are holding a gramophone recycle that's on in Bandon Golf Club tonight at 8. Proceeds from the evening going in aid of Bandon children. Uh, to refreshments will be served. St. Joseph's Foundation in Charleville, they've got their indoor Christmas market on today. It's on from now until three o'clock this afternoon. Lots of stalls and raffle on the day. Christmas trees and wreaths will be available from the garden centre. And guess what? Santa is going to be in his grotto. To mark his retirement, Sergeant Dan Murphy from Newmarket Garda Station, they've or- he's organised a fundraising concert with Liam O'Connor. It's in the Highland in Newmarket. It's on tonight with a half-eight start. It's followed by Dancing to Show No Doubt. Tickets are available from Canturk and Newmarket Garda Stations and all proceeds are going to Cancer Connect Group who transport patients to hospital for treatment appointments and uh, the best of luck with that fundraiser and the best of luck to Sergeant Dan Murphy in his retirement. Another chance to catch Donnerell 
Donnerill Drama Society's performance of King of the Kilburn Highway, which has got rave reviews after last weekend, by the way. This is a fantastic play by Jimmy Murphy. It's running again this weekend, Friday, Saturday and Sunday, 8 o'clock each night in the Convent Chapel in Donnerill. And please note that this play is not suitable for children. It's for adults only. Bingo is in Kildallery Parish Hall. That's tonight at half past eight. While the annual carol service will be held in St. Bridget's Church in Union Hall. Eight o'clock tonight, the parish choir from Union Hall and Castlehaven together with children from both schools will perform. And Clyde Rovers GAA, their lotto draw is in Derry Murphy's Bar. Uh, jackpot 3,750 euro with hampers up for grabs. Tickets are on sale from Jerry O'Donoghue. Cork today on C103. With Cork City Council and Glow, a Cork Christmas celebration. Food markets, Ferris wheel and a fun festive park on the Grand Parade. Visit Glow, open every weekend until Christmas. C103 brings you Farm Talk with John O'Connor. Saturdays at 10am and Wednesdays at 10pm. Why is it so important for farmers to have their silage tested if they want to ensure adequate feeding for their animals during the winter period? If we don't know exactly how good the quality of silage is without testing, it's like trying to score with no goalposts. Turn on Farm Talk with Dairy Gold Agribusiness for quality feed, expert service and support you can trust only on C103. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. C103's Christmas Covered. We're giving away shopping vouchers worth a total of €5,000. With Dennis and Mary Ryan Bishopstown, where the new 2020 C5 Aircross has arrived. See Ryan's.ie. Now, yesterday, the penultimate day, can I say, for C103's Christmas. We've got Christmas Covered. And Kira O'Mara from Enniskeen got the call and Martina asked her... How many bells had Kira heard? Fourteen. Yay! Oh ka-ching, God. ka-ching, ka-ching. <laughs> You're oh in the money. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're it's welcome. Christmas shopping right now, but it's perfect timing. You're actually Christmas shopping now? Yeah. As we speak? Yeah. Whereabouts are you? I'm in the city. I'm inside the store. Oh, I love it. You're inside in Dodd's doors. Trying not to sound too excited on the phone, maybe, yeah. because all the passers-by are looking at you. Oh. oh, my God. I can't believe it. I've been texting every day and everything. Oh. I'm so happy. Thank you so much. Well, it just pays off, doesn't it, to uh, yeah. te- text every day, to listen every day, and you never know when you're going to get rewarded. And, Kira, your moment has arrived and you are being oh rewarded. God. Oh, my God. Thank you so much I'm so happy oh. Oh, I'm so happy like. well congratulations Kira. I'm delighted for you and thanks for listening thank to C103 so thanks a million what a great shopping trip Kira had yesterday Kira O'Mara from uh, Enniskeen congratulations to you today is the final day for you to grab a free festive shopping spree C103's Christmas covered your chance today to win a 500 euro one for all voucher. Uh, the bells were played at nine this morning. They'll be played at two with Nick and we'll play them again at five once you have all 
three totals. Add them together. Text or WhatsApp, Martina, to 0862103103 and you could be lucky like Kira, and get the call and if you give the correct number you will win the voucher. It's the final day of C103's Christmas covered with Dennis and Mary Ryan where the new 2020 C5 Aircross has arrived open seven days. See Ryan's.ie. And let me continue with the congratulations because Bernadette Geary from Bishopstown is the winner of our free panto, our final family pass on this programme for the everyman to go along and see Jack and the Beanstalk and it's the performance is Wednesday the 18th of December. We want all of our winners there at 6 o'clock though because we're given a VIP reception for the little boys and girls and for the mammies and daddies and the grannies and whoever else it turns up. It's going to be such a fun night out on Wednesday the 18th of December and you can win more of those tickets by staying tuned right throughout the day to see 103 because this is a free Panto Friday so every hour you have a ch- an opportunity to win the family uh, pass and you can get more information by going to everymancork.com and stay listening to C103 as well. Okay, can I just finish off on some of your calls and texts coming in because there was a lot of commentary and some of them really good points that I don't want to if I leave them go we won't get back to them next week because something else will have taken off John and Jamanwi says oh this is responding to somebody to the lady who was saying what about the truck drivers and feeling very sorry for the truck drivers at the Little and Aldi distribution centres and how they're down the day's work some of them may, maybe they won't get paid and it's coming up to Christmas and they have families with children etc uh, John says those truck drivers wouldn't even have a job without the farmers how many people are depending on farming alone and there's a lot of indirect jobs uh, let alone things like the meat distributors but you've got the oil man the truck drivers etc farmers go away how many jobs will go there's a huge amount of spin-off jobs and nobody ever seems to think or talk about them now I want to just give you a sample of some of the calls that we received after. Do you remember young uh, Sophie, the young mother who joined us to start in the online petition uh, to try to get people it's, it's an awareness I think more than anything but she'd like to see fines introduced to try to stop people parking on the parent and toddler parking space mainly in supermarkets uh, you're only entitled to park there if you've got a child in the car and people don't people abuse it all the time and she's sick of it because she's got two smallies and she's ended up in crazy situations climbing over seats trying to get in and out of the car because they're nice wide parking spaces deliberately so that you can get children out of prams you know and open the door wide you don't get that same amount of space when you're in the general body of the car park and can get very very complicated for mums and dads if they have smallies on board Um, Tim says too often supermarket car parks are managed by security companies who want to make a profit from their operation car parks should be operated by the outlets directly with their own employees and I don't know and I don't know yeah I don't know how many of them are private uh, security companies but anyway uh, Tim reckons that would be the way to go now a couple of people were reacting to remember Sheila contacted us and Sheila was the one who straight away said I used the parking space and she was going on about she'd had a knee operation and a hip operation and she didn't have a lot of mobility. And I had actually suggested to her, could she maybe go into the doctor and get one of the blue badges, you know, the disabled parking badges for her car? Because it did seem like she was having huge difficulty with uh, mobility. And that's what I had suggested to her. Because I said, if she continues parking in the parent and toddler space, 
she might start getting abused by some, not abuse, but, you know, people having to go with her and she'd have to be explaining herself. No, I don't think, I think if, if anyone parked in one of those spaces and a young mother said, oi, you don't have a child in the car and Sheila was to explain, I've got a dodgy knee, I can't use the normal parking spaces. I think, you know, I, I couldn't see anybody saying get out of the parking space. But you don't want to have to be doing that every time you park in it. So I thought the simple solution would be, would she not be entitled to a disabled parking badge? number of people have picked up on that particular comment, including Tim in Yall, who said I think you're a bit biased towards that lady Sheila and I think you were being a bit unfair. Oh, She's 100% correct and justified to park in those spaces in light of her genuine complaint and anyone with a similar issue will understand her obstacles. Really, says Tim in Yall, the mothers, it'll be more in their line to walk themselves and their children to the store as this may address the weight problems those mums and children are encountering today. Whoa! You're a brave man, Tim. If any of the mothers want to react to that point, come on by. And says Patricia, I'm in the very same situation as Sheila. I need wide space in order to park in. I actually spoke to my doctor about getting one of those blue disabled parking badges. But unfortunately, or fortunately, my mobility isn't bad enough. My doctor says that the rules state that a person who can only walk 50 yards because of cardiac respiratory or another infirmity will get one of those parking badges. He advised me though to park in a wider space if I can says Anne and that's the reason that she is uh, doing it. Hi Patricia listening to your piece about the parking spaces I totally agree with Sophia and her petition. I have two girls 12 months apart (laughs) Irish twins. Uh, I once couldn't open the door of my car while parked in a normal car park space. I had to get a stranger to mind my six month old in her carry cot seat on the footpath so that I could move my car to be able to open the door wide enough to get her into the car. Isn't that a crazy situation to be in? Hi, reparking. Supermarkets should make car park spaces wider. As somebody who's had a knee surgery, I find getting out of the car almost impossible in car parks such as Dunn stores, etc. Similarly, to get out of the rear of some cars with low seats as you're unable to bend your knee enough. By the way, I'm not disabled. I've just got restriction in joint movement as a result of the sur- surgery. And the number of people that are pointing that out and saying it's the car park space. We need to have wider car park spaces. Marion West Cork says this is on people parking in the space who shouldn't be in the space. I see it happening here in Cork. Very same with small, and I've got small children. I've seen, now what Mary says is normal people. I take it as people without children going into those spaces, but I've seen them bullied sometimes. It can be hard at times to know what is the right or the wrong thing to do. And just a final few. I agree that mothers need the extra large parking spaces, but they don't need them to be so close to the entrance and maybe moving them further away would certainly help solve the problem. Those extra large spaces close to the door could then be allocated to pensioners with mobility problems. They could be issued with a parking disc from the store that could be clearly displayed to prevent them being misused. The extra large parking spaces for the elderly in 
Mallow Town have been very successful. Yeah, that's what I was going to suggest they could use. You know, there's yellow ones that they've been introduced and it's for older drivers who don't have a parking, who don't have one of the parking badges or don't need a parking badge, but just might be might need to be closer to the post office or closer to the chemist or whatever. But that's a really good text and you've solved a lot of problems by doing that. Move the parent and toddler ones further away from the door and use those doors then for the pensioners with the mobility uh, issues. But I think generally speaking, make the parking spaces wider for all. And a final one in St. Patricia, I had to take my husband to the cardiac unit in the Martyr Private Hospital in Cork after eventually getting a parking space. I had to drag myself over the gear box to get out of my car as I couldn't open the driver's door. Another Jeep then had just parked beside me and the driver gave me his phone number and said he would come out of the hospital and move his vehicle out of the space if I needed to get my car out. As now, the only way I could could get into my car I now couldn't get into either door I would have to um, the only way I could get into my car at that stage was in through the boot isn't that so obviously very very narrow spaces at the Marta Private Hospital in Cork crazy situation 1850 lines open Cork today on C103 with Cork City Council and Glow a Cork Christmas celebration get into the family festive spirit with a visit to Glow on the Grand Parade open every weekend until Christmas attention Cork businesses attention Cork businesses it's time to bring on the festive feeling C103 is looking for the best decorated shop window. Show us your Christmas window display. Send a picture to glow at c103.ie and be in with a chance to win an advertising campaign from C103 and Cork's 96FM worth €2,000. We'll get the public to pick their favourite. Pick their favourite. Dress your window. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
to win with Cork City Council and Glow. A Cork Christmas celebration on the Grand Parade with C103. Every couple has a story of how they met. My mum met my dad at school uh, in detention. My best friend met his wife at a club through a friend of a friend. And my boss met her fiancé after they got chatting online. Find someone to share your story with at c103dating.ie. 24% of Irish people have tried online dating and one in five relationships begin there. At c103dating.ie, we have genuine nice people that would like to meet you. Begin your story today by registering for free at c103dating.ie. Mark Malone, our movie reviewer in studio. Good afternoon, Mark. Hi, Patricia. You went along to the movies to see Charlie's Angels. And then out on streaming on Netflix is the Watch the Irish man for us but let's start with a quick trailer from Charlie's Angels Good morning Angels Good morning Charlie Elena Let's get in there Don't forget to smile In your dreams When you're an angel save the world first That was fun and smile later Let's go You want to run away with me? Oh, desperate. <laughs> I can hear the music. I mean, those of us of a certain generation will remember the wonderful Charlie's Angels yeah. and Bosley, John Bosley. Um, it's, it's, it's not the same voice at the start. The, the, it sounds like John Forsyth. Not, it is John Forsyth. Obviously, they went back and they obviously found uh, an appropriate piece of audio that they could use uh, for this. And yeah, so, I was, yeah, I was going to say, if it isn't, it's remarkably like him. Yeah. Uh, OK, so we're, we're basically back with Charlie's Angels, three good looking girls. Uh, yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah. Mm. It's, but it's up to modern times, is it? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, it's said in modern times. It very much is. Yeah, but it is. A lot of people have asked, "Do we need Charlie's Angels?" Do you know what I mean? And that's possibly part of the problem why it wasn't a success. And there's a number of reasons for it. I think um, we remember, the, as you say, the television series. Uh, there was a few movies with Drew Barrymore uh, back in about ten, fifteen years ago, which I enjoyed. But they, they were directed by a guy called Mac G, who kind of directed them like a kind of video kind of. Um, uh, like a, a video song for example you know what I mean and a lot of people didn't like them because of that I thought they were really pretty good they were you know they didn't really take them, themselves too seriously and yeah. I thought they were really really good fun you know uh, did you know that there was a, a Charlie's Angels television series a couple of years ago around 2011 they tried it again but it didn't did you see flopped. any of those no, I, I think I came across it one day and said oh that weird it looks like Charlie's Angels and then it was but it flopped completely it did yeah, yeah. yeah I think it only lasted one series I didn't see any of them yeah. so I have no idea no, what they were I like I say about 10 minutes of it I saw one day and then yeah. Yeah. Which is why I think people have asked the questions, do we need another Charlie's yeah. Angels? But I think what we have here is we have very much, uh, after the Me Too movement, uh, we have a different type of Charlie's Angels that we've seen before. Uh, Elizabeth Banks, uh, who directed uh, Pitch Perfect 2, is the director and the writer here. And um, so, um, well, the story is, is that Naomi Scott has developed this piece of software that can give us unlimited power. But the problem is, in the wrong hands, it can destroy the Earth. So there's your story. So that just kind of sets up uh, two hours of travelling all over the world these three young beautiful women and uh, and basically telling men that they are useless and um, you know we don't need them in the world anymore Go girls! We are here. So it's basically all about girl power which has turned a lot of men against the film I think. You know what I mean? I have no yeah. problems with it whatsoever because you know men deserve a good kicking every now and then.
then I, and I have no problems with that. The problem is, is that it's just so clunky and badly written. And that yeah. is possibly part of the problem. Why, even though it had a budget of 50 million, it's only taken something like 17. And it has been um, a disaster at the box office. Elizabeth Banks has blamed men. She has said, look, you know, men don't want to see strong women on screens. And so therefore, that's why the film has failed. But the fact of the matter is, statistics have shown that women haven't got to see the film either. And I think part of the reason is that it really isn't very good at all. And it's a and terrible it's the story. Terrible. It's the storyline and the writing of it. Exactly. Because it's fine actresses. And is that Patrick Stewart as John Bosley? Yeah, what's interesting, there's no one Bosley anymore. There are a number of Bosleys. And okay. uh, Elizabeth Banks, for example, is one of the Bosleys in this. And so is Patrick Stewart. There he are was many the man others. who looked after the girls. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And also the fact of the matter is that, uh, you know, the three here aren't just the three angels. There are angels all over the world now. So, oh, yeah. Okay. So, so, you know, after the Me Too movement, this is, this is a very kind of politically correct kind of movie and with lots of references to, uh, you know, the modern world and the fact that, you know, it's all about girl power. It's all about women being kind of strong. And, and it, it, maybe it has turned a lot of men against the film, which is possibly why. I had no problems with that kind of side of things. The problem that I had is that the script is really, really poor. And in fact, a lot of the action sequences are really, really badly directed. And that's why I think the film hasn't done well at all. I was quite bored with it. And I, I thought, and then it was a terrible shame. All the direction is all really, really close up. I was watching um, Fred Astaire dancing recently. And, uh, you know, Fred Astaire also made it quite clear, fill me from head to toe. You yeah. know, and in fact, I think I read uh, Christopher McQuarrie, who directed the Mission Impossible films, mentioned that where if he's got an action sequence with Tom Cruise, you will see him from head to toe. Yeah. Here, for example, it's so close up and there are so many cuts in during the fight sequence that it's, it always makes you kind of ill to watch it. And there are a lot of sequences like that. There's one very good car chase sequence, which is pretty good and exciting. But most of the time, the, the script is dreadful. And basically, you know, the characters don't really talk to each other. It's just basically you know, what kind of lines can we write to move on to the next action sequence? And it's just hyper all the time and it's quite, quite exhausting. And it's a terrible pity because actually the, the, the three characters, the three, Christian Stewart, Naomi Scott and Ella Belinska all do their best. Mm. They do, but they're, they're working with such a bad script and uh, so it, it really doesn't make them look good and in fact a lot of people have referenced the fact that the performances aren't very, very good. But they have been good in other things, you know, and I think with a better script and with a better director, maybe they the film would have been a success. And Elizabeth Banks is both writer and director. Yes, I'm afraid so. Okay, so that's Charlie's Angels. That's, and the movies at the moment, Mark, out of 10? Uh, five. Five out of 10. Now, the much-hyped Irishman finally went, uh, started streaming on uh, Netflix all three hours and 20 minutes. <laughs> okay, uh, you watched it. I did. I was worried about you watching because of the length because I know you you don't like things that go on too long you like to get in and get out yeah. so I was a bit worried about you watching it but well if it's boring I mean if it's, a, if, it's a, yeah. if it's an hour and a half in I do tend to look at my watch yeah. and I think oh no but I didn't do so mind you you, you, I, took, a, you took a coffee break in the you, middle you did watch a bit of it didn't you I watched an hour and a half yeah it, what's interesting at an hour and a half and it's amazing you should say that I took a break and I made myself a cup of tea yeah. came back and I did think oh goodness I have another two hours to, of this to watch yeah. but the next two hours are so extraordinary yeah, maybe I got out in the wrong two hours. My husband yeah. stuck with it and thought it was good. It just, yeah, go on. Just explain to people what it is. It's a true story, by the way. It's a true story, yes. Yeah. Uh, Frank Sheeran, uh, who was uh, an Irish-American who got involved with the mafia. At one stage, um, I think Joe Pesci turns to him, gives him a ring and says, look, there are only three people who have this ring and only one of them is Irish. And so he did, did he was welcomed into the mafia and that whole world as a strong man. And... 
It's based on a book by uh, Stephen uh, Charles Brandt, his book, where he interviewed uh, Frank Sheeran about his life. So what's extraordinary is when you're watching this, all of this basically happened. You know, you've got people like uh, Jimmy Hoffa and a lot of the, you know, the people portrayed by Joe Pesci, Harvey Cartel, Ray Romano, they all existed within this world. And so that's extraordinary, an extraordinarily violent world. Because I thought it was great the way it came up on the screen, the way it would say what happened to people. You know, when you know you wouldn't be good, you wouldn't be seeing them again, it'll just come up and say what happened. I just mentioned that to John Paul. It is extraordinary. It's yeah. this kind of thing where all of a sudden the screen would stop. And even though the character has only one line in the film, yeah. what the, basically the information would tell you who he was, when he died and how he, how died. he died. And yeah. most of these men died incredibly violently. That's the one thing that got to me. That made me, I kept saying, God, this is a true story. This is just unbelievable the amount of that's the world though of the mafia isn't it exactly yeah and at one stage for example a, a, an interviewer uh, talks to Frank Sheeran and says Frank you know do, uh, actually it was the priest the priest says to him how, you know, how do you feel about all the people you killed he said I feel nothing it was just my life it was the life I was in it's what you did and uh, the fact that he survived is uh, quite extraordinary as well considering how many of these people involved at that time uh, you know lost their lives um, a lot of criticism about it has been the, the CGI that they used to make them younger at the start and that when you do look at it alright because at one stage for example we go right back to the 40s uh, when yeah. um, Robert De Niro is, um, um, is in Italy uh, during the war and the CGI uh, that they used to make them look younger looks a bit odd at times and in fact they look a lot of the time like they've just basically darkened their hair and eyebrows but in fact the technology that they use which initially is kind of off-putting after a while you just ignore and forget about and in fact last night I went back to look at the start again and I realised just how good it was considering how, you know the, the way they were aged near the end of, uh, yeah. of the film so I after a while did, that didn't bother me at all it's just that you're watching four extraordinary actors Robert De Niro Al Pacino Joe Pesci and Harvey Keitel and just to see them Who on are screen stunning. Again. They, are, they are incredible yeah. they really are there are times when Pacino I think is, is just desperate to go and over act as he kind of tends to do uh, but they kept him in, 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 uh, in they check. reined him back I thought the best performance was Joe Pesci you know Joe yeah. Pesci in Goodfellas yeah. was a very different character here he is not so violent but he's a violent man he's very very soft spoken which actually kind of makes it worse menacing and uh, he's retired pretty much and they asked him to come back and obviously he couldn't say no to De Niro Pacino uh, you know and I, 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 that's I, the one I thing that, that struck me they must have loved working on that movie together well the thing is De Niro it's three and a half hours De Niro is actually in practically every scene which must have been quite difficult because these are men now in their 70s but they can still do it and they yeah. still are extraordinary the screenplay by Stephen Zellian is amazing and it's just you know three and a half hours of men talking but it's what they say it's, and that's what I meant about Charlie's Angels they talk nonsense here people are talking of uh, stuff that uh, is of interest it's scary and frightening and entertaining at the same time and I thought it was fabulous and my my thing would be you can you can do it over three episodes kind of break it up do it that way I think you've got I think they did that with the Hateful Eight didn't they the Tarantino yeah. film I think yeah. Netflix broke it up but here, yeah, here yeah, you can just pause your seven yeah, do yeah, yeah. I, that's what I would suggest but I'll bet you okay. you'll end up watching all of it I probably yeah. will mark it out of ten I'm going to get a ten ten whoa <laughs> we haven't had many ten out of it's tens uh, for the year uh, well done thank you for that uh, Mark we'll talk again next week that is uh, Mark Malone our movie reviewer the Lehan family have a Christmas lights display at their home in Nakavilla in Upton again this year from 6pm 
to 10pm and it's every evening from now until the 6th of January. All donations going to Marymount Hospice and lights display is signposted on the Brinney to Cross Barry Road and that comes in from Neilis, Margaret and Eva Lahan. Good luck with your lights display. And I've had an email in from Kate Crowley to tell me that Gagan Community 2020 calendars will be on sale at the afternoon tea dance which is happening on Sunday next between 3 and 6 in the afternoon in the Gagan Hall with music by the fantastic Dermot Lines. Copper coin collection also a 5 cent, 2 cent and 1 cent can be handed in. Proceeds from the dance, the calendars and the coins are going towards the new car park costs and everyone's welcome to come along for a few hours of social dancing. Alright that's where I wrap it up for today. Before I go Nick Richards is turning up the feel good factor with these tunes. Nick from one and Martina from four with Feel Good Friday. That's really for today. Thanks to John Paul. Talk to you on Monday. Cork today on C103. With Cork City Council and Glow. A Cork Christmas celebration. Festive food and fun. The Ferris wheel and so much more on the Grand Parade. Visit Glow. Open every weekend until Christmas. Get weekly news, event updates and community information from across Cork with our regional reports on c103.ie. From Bantry to Buttevant to Hallow to Dunmanway and every area in between. We've got it covered. To listen, go to c103.ie and click Regional Reports or download the C103 app and click Podcasts. Regional Reports, only on C103. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.